This is episode number 147 with James Swanick. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. And each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. As always, this is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm incredibly excited to be here with you guys today as we all work toward making 2017 an incredible year. Guys, I can't tell you how encouraged I am by your comments, your thoughts, your suggestions, and I hope that you keep sending those my way because it's what fuels me and keeps me going. Knowing that you guys are out there downloading in huge numbers all around the world is enough to keep this microphone on for me and continue down the path toward higher levels of peak performance. Before we dive in today, I wanted to let you guys know that episode 147 here is brought to you by Organifi Green Juice, which to me is hands down the best tasting green juice on the planet. Guys, if you've heard a lot of my former podcasts, you know that I've tried a lot of different green juice powders and different green juice mixes and just really got tired of the hassle of having to buy juices that didn't taste that great. Therefore, I had to mix in a lot of other stuff into it just to make it taste okay. And that is certainly not the case with Organifi's green juice. I can drink it by itself without all the hassle and mess of having to blend things up, chop things up, go to the store. And I think you guys are going to love it if you give it a shot. The good people over at Organifi have teamed up with the Success 101 podcast and offered 20% off if you enter the promo code SUCCESS101 at checkout. Just head over to success101podcast.com forward slash green juice and then put SUCCESS101 in the promo code at checkout. And remember to make sure it's all lowercase to get your 20% off of the best tasting greens juice on the planet. As I said, no shopping, no blending, no juicing, no cleanup. And who doesn't want that? It's gently dried as a superfood greens powder, which makes me feel dramatically better. And this offer literally comes as a no-risk guarantee. 100% money-back guarantee, in fact, when you order Organifi Green Juice. The people over at Organifi are great and have incredible service that I've personally experienced myself. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, and has awesome ingredients, including chlorella, Moringa, spirulina, mint, beets, green tea, wheatgrass, ashwagandha, turmeric, lemon, coconut water, and more. Head on over to success101podcast.com forward slash green juice to get your 20% off today with promo code success101. Guys, I also wanted to remind you about my 13-week mastermind program, which includes group and individual coaching As we walk through my book, From Success to Significance, the strategy manual to hone in on the six vision-building exercises to make 2017 an unforgettable year as you set strategies and habits to reach higher levels of success, but also learning how to work toward higher levels of significance so that that success actually means something long-term. If you're interested in joining the program, please shoot my team an email at info at success101podcast.com. 
I also wanted to announce outside of the 13-week mastermind program that I'm putting a lot of energy this year in 2017 toward my individual coaching program as well. If you're interested in spending time with me each month on a comprehensive individual coaching program toward higher levels of peak performance and ultimate success and significance, again, please email my team at info at success101podcast.com and mention the individual coaching program in order for us to get connected. I cannot wait to see who utilizes the 13-week mastermind program and the individual coaching program this year. It is going to be fantastic, and I look forward to getting to know you guys better that choose to sign up. Now, let's jump right into our show today with my good friend James Swanick. James is a former ESPN anchor on SportsCenter who then became an incredible celebrity journalist. And though he doesn't mention it in this episode, after doing just a little bit of research on James, I found out that Jack Nicholson was his first interview after he became a celebrity journalist. How awesome is that to land Jack Nicholson? It just speaks to his incredible tenacity that does not take no for an answer and his entrepreneurial spirit to go out and create things out of literally nothing. James is the author of several books and the creator of Swanee's Blue Blocking Glasses that you guys have likely heard me talk about time and time again on this show. We dive into a ton of great topics here today, including overcoming addictions and accomplishing our goals, and how James came to America and literally turned nothing into amazing opportunities. And I hope you guys hear more than anything that James is just a great, great guy and someone that we can learn from on creating bigger and brighter futures for ourselves, creating opportunities for ourselves, and changing our lives today through his habit tracking programs that he offers online. I don't want to wait another second before diving into this episode. So without any further delay, let's jump right into my conversation with James Swanick. Hey, James, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. I am so excited you're here with me, buddy, this afternoon. How are things out in L.A.? Thank you very much for having me, Jared. Things are nice and sunny out here in L.A. Well, obviously, I've heard of your name from many different avenues out there, from the sports world, from your former work on ESPN, from you being a journalist, uh, the books that you have, the Swanee's blue blocking glasses that my faithful listeners have heard me talk about over and over again, which have helped so many people get sleep out there and had a chance to meet you at the Bulletproof Conference and knew I had to get you on the podcast because your message and your history and your past story plays so well into the demographic that we have here of listeners. And I don't want to take anything away from your story. I feel like I've heard it a few times and could probably tell it, but why don't you fill in the gaps for us and tell us how you got to where you are today and how sleep and no drinking and all the things that I'm sure we'll cover today have played into your optimal health uh, with where you are now. Sure. Well, I'm Australian-American. I grew up in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, when I was 17, I got a job right out of high school uh, as a newspaper reporter for a, a Rupert Murdoch broadsheet newspaper called the, the Courier Mail. Then when I was age 23, I did what most Australians do. They head to London and the UK for two years because Australians can get a work visa there. And I ended up getting another job uh, with Sky Sports, which is like the British equivalent of, of Fox Sports. And I was the, the cricket and rugby uh, reporter there. Uh, Traveled the world, went backpacking, had a great time using London as a base, um, did something very foolish and fell in love with a British woman <laughs> who ended up breaking my heart. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah, she dumped me on a Friday night. And on a Monday, I quit my job and I bought a ticket to Los Angeles. This, and uh, on Friday, September 
30th, 2002, I flew into Los Angeles not knowing whether I was going to turn left or right out of the airport and ended up living in the Hermosa Beach Hostel for 90 days and 90 nights for about $15 a night and did some, uh, got some cash working under the table for about $75 uh, a day building a house with some fellow illegal immigrants up there in Bel Air. And then from there, I just turned myself into, I guess you could say, an entrepreneur. I started my entrepreneurial journey. I started interviewing movie stars like Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Angelina Jolie, and then selling those stories around the world. I lost that business towards 2008, 2009 when the financial crisis hit. And then I uh, ran away to Argentina to learn Spanish and dance tango for about six months. And when I came back, I quit <laughs> alcohol, got my dream job hosting Sports Center on ESPN, and, uh, and then just really got into, you know, trying to help as many people as possible and get paid for it at the same time. So now I'm the creator of the 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge, which teaches people how to reduce or quit alcohol. And then I'm also the creator of Swanee's Blue Light Blocking Glasses, which help people sleep better. So that's kind of been my journey from small town in Australia to you know living in, in Los Angeles here. And it's just a fascinating story. I mean, the things that you've done and the people you've talked to and probably the the lessons you've learned out of that is just amazing, uh, just in the track that you've had. And then to take all of that and turn it into, you know, really, from what I understand of your story, stopping drinking alcohol cold turkey. I'll, I'll let you talk to that here in just a second, but just also uh, changing your habits. I know that you've got a 47-day, I believe, uh, habit hacker on your website that I've looked at and downloaded. And, and I'm curious to hear more about how you found success in hacking habits and changing habits and how you went about doing that from maybe, maybe even before the alcohol. I think there were a couple of other things that you stopped pretty cold turkey in there as well. Yeah. Well, j- just on the alcohol thing, I was never an alcoholic. I was just a, a good, solid social drinker. You know, I grew up in Australia where the drinking culture is very much accepted there. And in 2010, I just realized I'd put on about 25, 30 pounds. I was feeling tired and lethargic all the time. And I kind of realized it was because I was, you know, knocking back a couple beers, you know, midweek and maybe drinking a few more wines during the weekend. And it was just slowing me down. And so I, I took a 30-day challenge just to see how I would feel of not drinking. And at the end of 30 days, I'd lost 13 pounds of fat. My skin was better. I got better looking. <laughs> my sleep improved. My productivity soared. I started attracting you know, a higher caliber of friend and romantic partner into my life. And then that, just, that was really the trigger for you know, you know, long-term health, I guess. Um, on the habits thing, you know, I was, I've been very fortunate in my capacity as a journalist to be able to interview some of the world's most famous, most successful people whether it be George Clooney, John Bon Jovi, the former vice president, Al Gore. When I was hosting SportsCenter on ESPN, I interviewed Tom Brady and David Beckham, Kobe Bryant, uh, all these people who were just, you know, top of their game, amazing, incredibly successful. And when I interviewed them, I always asked them, you know, what's, what's your number one habit? Like, what are the habits that have got you to lead a, a, a successful life in your field? And so I ended up compiling all of those habits and experimenting with them myself. And then I put them into this program, the the 47-day Habit Hacker program. And, you know, some of them are really simple, Jared, like before you go to sleep each night, get your exercise clothes out and put it at the the foot of your bed. So when you wake up in the morning, you have the visual cue of seeing your workout clothes. And so you instinctively put them on and therefore your chances of actually going out and exercising increase like tenfold. (laughs) Right. Just that simple little habit it can can help you lose weight. Like if you just, instead of going to bed and then waking up in the morning and organizing your exercise clothes, you organize your exercise clothes before you go to sleep, 
So when you wake up in the morning, when your willpower is low, you see the clothes, you put them on, you go and exercise. I mean, it sounds so ridiculously simple, but it's so incredibly effective in getting you to, you know, stay regular with, you know, with your health habits. Well, I think we're a little ridiculous sometimes as human beings. And so we need just little silly things like that to make us tick. I mean, as smart and intelligent as some of us are out there and as motivated as sometimes we try to act like, I mean, just little silly things like that can train wreck a workout if we don't have those clothes there. I mean, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, here's another little thing. It's, it's, It's as stupid as this sounds. Like I have about six iPhone chargers all over my home and in my bags and everywhere now. Remember, I like back when I got my iPhone, I would you know, I'd have one charger, I'd charge it, and then I'd go out and about, and I'd always curse that, that my battery was running low. And so I'd say, oh, is anyone going to charge? Is anyone going to charge it? And this would just slow me down. I'd always be worried about it. So now I just carry, now I just went out and I spent $150 buying six chargers, and now I'm <laughs> never without. And, and again, it sounds ridiculous. It's so, so simple. But I never run out of battery on my, my phone now because there's always a charger somewhere. You know, to other things like, you know, I don't own a television. I, my, I've designed my living room that, uh, to look towards a, a bookshelf filled with books. So I'm actually, record, uh, as I'm talking to you now, I'm in my living room. I'm, I'm, at a, I'm on a stand-up desk, a, a treadmill desk, which I walk about five miles a day on as I'm oh, working. That's awesome. I'm not on it right now because the noise of it will, will disrupt our interview, but I'm standing up on it. But I've designed my living room to when I sit down on the sofa, the first thing I see is a bookshelf filled with books. And so the visual cue, I instinctively reach over, grab the book, and I start reading versus what 99% of American households do, which is they sit down in the living room and the living room faces a television screen. They reach over, they grab the remote control, and they turn the television on and watch five or six hours of TV a day. So right, little things like that can add up to big gains in all areas of your life. And those are all on the website on that 47, uh, yeah, 47, 47 Day Habit Hacker. Yeah, 47 Day Habit Hacker, yeah. Or you can go to jameswanick.com and you can learn more about it, yeah. Man, that is awesome. I'm, now that I know the story behind that and where some of those came from, I'm really excited to dive into that. So let's back up here for just a second, if you don't mind, because I know that this is a big thing for a lot of guys out there, and that is alcohol. I know you made the comment of, hey, I was never an alcoholic. I was just a social drinker. What was the motivation for you to go cold turkey and start a 30-day no-alcohol challenge when you could have easily said, I'll just stop drinking during the week, but I'll still have, you know, the weekends there that I won't have to let this thing go? You know, a lot of people don't want to give those things up. What was it for you? Well, I had attempted to slow down my drinking uh, and only, you know, drink on weekends. And I'd done it with some success, but I didn't, I hadn't done it with any regular success. So it was sporadic. And, you know, one morning I woke up, I, I had a, a particularly bad hangover. I was in Austin, Texas. I was at the South by Southwest Festival. Ooh, Austin, I'll ho- that to you. Yeah. And I was in a hotel about 20 minutes outside of Austin. And I went to this IHOP, this International House of Pancakes, right next door to the hotel I was staying in. And I, and I sat down there and I looked at the menu and the menu had all of these big bright colors of the food and there were big sort of you know, unhealthy people eating all-you-can-eat pancakes with, with cream and maple syrup. And, <laughs> and I was sitting there just going, man, I'm done. Like, I just don't feel good. I'm tired. I look weathered. Like, my skin was dry. You know, I, I was sitting, I could feel like little fat rolls kind of like rolling over, my, over my, um, the belt in my pants that I, was, uh, that I was wearing. And I was just like, there's got to be a better way. Like, you know, I just got to try this for longer than what I've tried before. So I'm going to do the 30 days and see what happens. Now, my biggest fear was that I wouldn't be able to socialize without drinking because it's a big social crutch, right? And a lot of people 
We're always concerned like, oh, how am I going to go out and have fun if I'm not drinking? Everyone else is drinking. Well, the answer is you just go out and you, you learn new social skills and you end up having more fun than the people who are drinking. That's been my experience. So I teach that in the program, like the, uh, the 30-day no alcohol challenge, where I teach like things that you say to friends when they're encouraging you to have a drink or how to go into a bar or a restaurant and be the, the life of the party, uh, even if you're the only one not drinking. And, you know, people who've gone through that, I've had thousands of people around the world go do the program now. They're all like, they're all actually amazed at like how simple and how easy it actually is. Just going back to the point I was making five minutes ago when we were talking about the 47-day habit hacker, things are pretty easy. Like life is actually, is, is very simple, you know, and maybe, maybe easy is the wrong word. I mean, it's simple. Sometimes it's not easy, but it is simple. And if you can train your mind or train your skills to the point where you can walk into any environment whether people are drinking or not drinking, and you can just sip on soda water or water or some kind of healthy drink, and then you leave the party two hours later and everybody knows your name and everybody wants to connect with you and people are going, wow, that guy was cool, then you've made it. Like That's the golden ticket because if you're not drinking, then you're thinking clearly. You're more productive, which means you're making more money. And if you're making more money, you're happier. And if you're happier, you're getting better relationships. And if you're getting better relationships, you're happier. And if you're happier, you make more money. And it's just this spiral effect. Tell me why it is so important in your program or in many things out there to be so specific on your goals to be able to make dramatic changes. Well, you can't hit a target you don't see, right? Like if I, you know, blindfold you and turn you around 100 times and then give you a basketball and say, shoot make a basket on the basketball court, you, chances are you're going to miss, right? Because you don't know where you are. You don't have a target. You don't know what you're aiming for. So making a goal, uh, and in this case, you know, 30 days of not drinking, you see the target, you move towards it, you get momentum, and you ultimately, hopefully, you achieve that goal. Having that focus and moving in that one direction and then ultimately completing that, most people find that they lose weight, they sleep better, they make better decisions, they find themselves to be less irritable. They're less likely to fight with other people. They're happier. They've got more energy. And all of these things have a spin-off effect. You know, if you're a single guy and you want to, you know, be better with women and you want to attract a, a, an elegant, sophisticated, or whatever woman you want to attract, it's a hell of a lot easier when you're not drinking. Trust me. Because when you're not <laughs> drinking, you look amazing, you feel amazing, and you act amazing. And likewise, if you're a woman listening right now, and, you know, romance is, a, is an important thing for you. Whether you're seeking out a male partner or, or, or whether you, you're in an existing relationship and you want the relationship to improve, if you're healthier, if you're happier, if you're more confident, then guys are going to be more attracted to you. So it's all, you know, people say, what are the benefits of not drinking? Well, you'll probably attract the opposite sex. You'll feel better. You'll make more money and you'll look better. It's pretty cool. <laughs> right. Right. And I want to get definitely do a deep dive into the benefits of not drinking for those out there that maybe don't really have a problem with it. And they're like, you know, I, I never thought about scaling back or anything like that. I just want to go into the physical benefits, what, you know, what it does to you whenever you stop drinking. But first, I know just from the story of yours that I know from the habit program that you have, you've got some how and what questions that you've used to radically, you know, increase your ability to accomplish goals that are in front of you. And tell us why that is so powerful and how you've set that up. Well, to find the way to do anything, I always like to, to become a master questioner. 
And that means ask yourself questions to get the answers. Too many of us are like, oh, I'm stuck. I can't make money. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to lose, not losing weight. And they ask themselves this question like, why? Like, why am I no good at this? Why am I struggling? Why is this happening? But if you ask yourself a question like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Who am I going to do it with? Then all of a sudden, you get a whole lot of great answers. And then with those answers, the way seems to just come out at the board. So what I do is I write on a board, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Who am I going to call? And then the most important thing is when. When am I going to do this thing? Because the when is what propels you forward and actually makes the action happen. Right. And I know that you've got a teaching that you have is why focusing on the behavior you want to change can actually cause you to fail, which seems a little bit backwards to what most people might approach a goal with, but why focusing on the behavior you want to change can cause you to fail. Can you speak about that a little more? Well, the human brain only wants to focus on what it is going to do or what it's doing. It doesn't want to focus on what it shouldn't do. So rather than say to yourself, I'm going to quit alcohol, Okay, so you're basically telling your body and your mind what not to do. You would tell yourself, I'm only drinking healthy liquid. I'm only drinking water. So when you tell your brain or your mind to do something, it's a lot easier to do it than if you tell your brain, hey, don't do that thing, because then you focus on the thing that you don't want to do. To use an example, Jared, close your eyes right now and encourage your listeners to close their eyes. And do not think about a pink elephant. So close your eyes and do not think about a pink elephant. Now open your eyes. What did you think about? People are walking around saying, oh, I've got to quit smoking. I've got to quit drinking. And what are they doing? They're focusing on the smoking. They're focusing on the drinking. Sure. But instead, you would say, I only drink water or soda water and I only breathe in fresh air. And now now it's a lot easier to, to make things happen. So those are, I guess, examples of small victories. Tell us how we can create small victories that are going to help us achieve any habit or any goal, whether it's smoking, drinking. I mean, those are big habits that, you know, it's harder to stop. But anything that we're doing out there, I find that most highly active A-plus type personalities are people in highly active roles that I associate with and, you know, I'm around each day. It's hard for us to celebrate victories. We, We push and push and push to get something or, in your case, to break a habit or to accomplish this thing. And as we get near it, it all of a sudden kind of fizzles out, you know, the excitement of accomplishing this thing. And then we get there and we're like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we did that. And now we're on to the next thing. How can we really create small victories that are going to help achieve our goals? And what have you found helpful? Look, everyone should have a vision of where they're wanting to go, right? Like you have the goal, you set it forth, you write it down. But then the problem that most people run into is they think too far ahead. They go, oh, that's going to take me five years. And then they don't even start. So the way to start is to just do one small, simple thing that will move you forward. That's it. Just one tiny thing. And you ask yourself, what can I do right now in this moment to move forward? Now, the way to get you to do that, I found, is I like to assign a penalty around if I don't do that action. For example, I might write in my Facebook post or I'll say to a friend, hey, listen, if I don't get this thing done by Thursday at 3.17 p.m., I'm going to pay you $500. And the guy goes, okay, cool. And you write a little contract. So now, because I have that threat of having to pay a $500 penalty, I sure as hell take the action. Right. So I've created the deadline. So uh, likewise, other people seem to respond well to reward because humans are either running away from pain or trying to avoid pain or they're running towards reward. So another thing you could do is like, if or when I complete that task on Thursday at 3.17 p.m., 
And you notice that I, I make the time a bit weird, like 3.17, because I, I want it to stick in my brain. Like if I say Thursday afternoon, well, that could mean anything, right? So I put a specific date, a specific unusual time there. Um, I say if and when I accomplish that, then I'll buy that trip to New York I was planning on, or then I'll, I'll reward myself with whatever, buying myself an ice cream, or I'll reward myself with um, finally you know, buying an, an, a new shirt, or whatever it is that you like. Like just determine whatever is your motivation, whether it's avoiding pain or receiving reward, and then use that as motivation to take the smallest amount of action to get the ball rolling. Tell me just before we dive into the, you know, the consequences of alcohol on the body and how that keeps us, you know, keeps us in brain fog and keeps us from accomplishing what we want to do as far as testosterone and weight and skin and all the, you know, some of the things that you mentioned a little bit earlier as far as skin and all of that. What is your typical diet nowadays like and how long has it been since you've had alcohol? I haven't drunk alcohol since March of 2010. So as we're recording this, it's been about six and a half years. Uh, I'm pretty much a paleo enthusiast. So for the most part, probably 80% of the time, I will eat lean meats and vegetables and then and some good fats, things like coconut oil, um, some coconut milk, uh, raw almonds and nuts. Sometimes I uh, have grass-fed butter, Kerrygold grass-fed butter, which is a good fat. Oh, yeah. I must admit, I do have a sweet tooth and I'm trying to curb it because I do tend to crave sugary treats late at night in fact just before i i got jumped on the call with you here i was at whole foods down on fairfax avenue in west hollywood and uh, i was buying a whole lot of uh, healthy ingredients to make my own homemade ice cream so i bought things like <laughs> cacao nibs and uh, cacao powder some full cream coconut milk um, some stevia some frozen blueberries and, you know, again, some of that grass-fed uh, butter. And with those ingredients, with some ice, you can actually make a very healthy and delicious homemade ice cream. And there's little to no sugar in that, but it's full filled with all of the good fats for you. So, Oh, yeah, you can't go wrong with those ingredients. That's awesome. Yeah. So, well, well, congratulate me or commend me when I actually make it and I, and I eat it rather than going down to the Chevron gas station <laughs> right. on Sunset Boulevard and buying the King Cone ice cream that I usually <laughs> buy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, were you, did you make it out to uh, Paleo FX this year? No, I didn't, but I'm going to the 2017 one and I intend to, to exhibit my Swannies like blocking glasses there actually, but I've never been. Is it good, Jared? I haven't been. I've just heard, you know, a ton of the guys that I've had on my podcast and the ones we saw there at the Bulletproof Conference, you and I this year, were going on and on about it. So I'd, I'd love to try to get out there this next year. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I one. hear good things about it. So yeah, you and your brother were there at Bulletproof. And obviously I'd heard, I think I'd heard your story either on, and I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but on uh, Brian Johnson, he's got the uh, Optimize, you know, kind of his taglines, Optimize Your Life. He's got a podcast and just tons of stuff out there. And then Jeff Sanders, who was on my podcast recently, has the 5 a.m. Miracle and when I first got into podcasting, this was probably a year ago, maybe a little more, year year and a half ago, something like that. I heard one of those guys, maybe both, talking about the 30-day no alcohol challenge. And obviously, I didn't know anything about you, hadn't met you yet, but it was great to get to meet you there. You and your brother were there selling the uh, the Swannies. And I don't want to get off this uh, alcohol, the 30-day alcohol challenge just yet. But guys, if you haven't heard some of my podcasts on Swannies and the blue blocking glasses, we're going to dive into that here in the last part of the uh, the podcast, because I think that's so important, having uh, filters on your screens and then having the the glasses on at night, because, you know, you can't filter everything, right? I mean, there's going to be some things that, that you're going to expose your eyes to. But I think you guys completely sold out the first day there at Bulletproof. I mean, it was just nuts. And I think I saw in your Snapchat, you guys were ordering more in the hotel, wondering if they were going to get there. Do you have a count of how many you guys sold there at the conference over that two or three day period? 
we you're right we did sell out on the first day we had to order some more and we were like oh should we order more should we not and we ended up order, ordering three more loads and then sold out of those we actually we sold our final pair about two hours before the event finished so it was good timing wow and then since then i wouldn't say we've been inundated but we've certainly had a very steady flow of people of friends of people who were there at the conference reaching out to us saying hey, my friend told me about these glasses, so I want to grab a pair. And, you know, it was great. It exceeded e- expectations, which I'm thrilled about. I mean, the night before we went to the, to the conference, I was like, ah, maybe we'll sell 50 pairs over three days. <laughs> and we sold 50 pairs within the first three hours. You know, it was, it was, yeah. it was kind of mayhem. So, Nuts. I mean, I, I said in one of my podcast episodes when I was highlighting your glasses, while I was at the Bulletproof Conference, I did a podcast and basically said it was kind of weird for people who didn't have the glasses on there. <laughs> That were walking around. I mean, just everybody that you saw just in the middle of the day were out supporting your glasses. So that's that's really cool. And I just think it's awesome the work that you're doing there and, and having those available for people that uh, they're going to be out around blue light. So we'll dive into that in a second. But talk to me just a little bit about, we talked about your diet. You got a little bit of a sweet tooth. Sounds like other than that, it's it's paleo. You're eating some uh, some fats. I didn't hear anything about a lot of carbs in there. So you're staying pretty, obviously pretty healthy. Tell me a little bit more of what you're doing in before we dive into the health benefits here, just to keep yourself optimal each day, stay out of brain fog. Are there any rituals or habits or routines that you have that you think are really helping you just to be a, a more optimal person? Yeah, well, um, one of the things that I've um, managed to instill in my morning routine is 10 minutes of meditation. I use either a Calm app or Headspace app. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, just this morning, I, I, I switched over to Headspace. I've been using Calm for a while. I just like to change it up a little bit. So when I wake up, I'll uh, invariably, I'll, I'll get up, move around for a little bit. Um, I'll go outside onto my front veranda here in, uh, in Los Angeles, and I will um, get some natural sunlight in my eyes and on my face. And that sets my circadian rhythm in check, which will make it easier for me to sleep later on at night. I'll then probably go back into my bed and I'll either sit up with my back against the wall or I'll lie down and I'll do 10 minutes of meditation using Calm or Headspace. To be honest with you, that's pretty hard for me because I'm like ready to go, get up and go. And then 10 minutes of meditation seems like, oh, this is like tough. But they say that the people who resist meditation the most are the people that need it the most. So Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, it's tough for me too to sit there and, and you can't really, in, in a lot of cases, you can't really see an, a direct impact from it. So it's hard to know, man, should I spend the time doing that today or should I skip it? Should I go on? And most of the time I skip a lot more than what I should. I'll also then pull out the five-minute journal. If you go to fiveminutejournal.com, it's a gratitude diary. And basically it'll ask you, what are three things that you're grateful for? And I will write in there three things that I'm grateful for. Something as simple as my health, sleeping in a nice bed, my friends, the fact that I live in Los Angeles, like just anything. I'll just try to find anything that I'm grateful for. And I find that that rewires my brain into, into one of gratitude and appreciation throughout the day. And so... And I've heard of that one before. That's, and that's a digital, that's digital, right? You know, it's actually a hard book. You can, I think there's a digital oh, version, okay. but I actually have a physical book that I ordered online and they send it to your home. Gotcha. And... Um, yeah, so I'll do that, and that puts me in a good mood. And then I have a diary that I write in, and I'll just write write in the diary about my goals and you know concerns or anything like that. I basically call it seven by seven by seven by seven. So I'll do seven. I'll try to do like on average seven minutes of each. I mean, admittedly, the meditation is ten minutes, but I just like the, the number seven. So I'll take seven minutes to do the gratitude diary. I'll take seven minutes to do journaling and then 10 minutes for the meditation. And then sometimes I'll do seven minutes of reading where I'll just quickly read for a little bit 
And, uh, you know, I can knock all of that over in 30 minutes. And that's a, that I find is a really great start to the day because you've expressed gratitude, you've meditated, you've read, a, put a little bit of education in your brain, and then you're ready to go out and go and exercise. And I geek out a lot on things like nootropics and bulletproof coffee and, you know, grass-fed butters you mentioned and things like that to get the day started. Are you doing anything in the mornings or throughout your day or even a wind down at night that's helping with uh, vitamins, supplements, nootropics, anything like that? Well, I have my cupboards are filled with supplements that people have even given me. I mean, I have a podcast, The James Swanick Show, and I interview a lot of health experts. So they tend to send me a, a whole bunch of free stuff, which is nice. But <laughs> um, I'll never go without or I'll rarely go without taking a fish oil. And then sometimes throughout the day, I'll use, uh, I might take a green um, powder and I'll either use athletic greens or I'll use Organifi. Oh, yeah. And then nothing beats the real thing. So I'll always have spinach and kale in my fridge. And so my morning smoothies um, often looks like, you know, putting some kale, spinach, some ice, some frozen blueberries because they have a very low glycemic um, index. So, so they're naturally low in sugar. And then sometimes I'll get all the, you know, a handful of all the supplements I got, like magnesium and zinc and vitamin D, and I'll literally just throw it in the smoothie. Sometimes it's like, man, that's like half a cup of pills there. Let me just, and I'll just, and rather than like putting them in my mouth and swallowing them, I'll just throw them in the smoothie in the, in the Vitamix, blend them all up. And then I've got like a pretty much a super duper healthy smoothie filled with supplements and, and natural ingredients. Recently, I had Ben Greenfield on that, you yeah, know, we can go super mine, deep. Ben. He's with- great. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. But one of the big things that I wanted to pick his brain about was testosterone. And I know with the consequences of drinking that many guys out there don't realize, besides just making you sluggish and all the things that you mentioned with skin and brain fog and hangover and all of that, is uh, weakened testosterone. What are some of the other things that you found to be either have improved for you or things that you found out were consequences of your um, drinking over time that now have either gotten better or increased or cleared up? Yeah, so you know, drinking alcohol definitely lowers your testosterone. I got my um, testosterone levels um, monitored before and after, and it was—I had a huge jump in my testosterone when I gave up the alcohol. And I don't think it was just giving up alcohol; it was also because I'd given up the alcohol, I was more likely to, to pay attention to my uh, my health in general. And so I did things like go out and get um, sunlight. I did heavy exercises in the gym like um I, I lifted heavy weights like squats and deadlifts that all that gives you a big surge in testosterone obviously i started to eat a lot of good healthy fats as i was mentioning there uh cut out a lot of those testosterone sucking things like sugar and and processed foods uh and so that was a huge that was a huge thing um sunlight is awesome a lot of people underestimate sunlight just going out and like taking a shirt off and getting sun on your back can raise your testosterone levels you know, if women do squats and deadlifts, wow, that's so good for them. It's so good just to tone muscles and to, to, to get all your hormones in check. The other thing that's really good as well is to do intermittent fasting. So I've experimented over the years with only eating in an eight-hour block of time and then not eating for 16 hours. And then I've also experimented with one day a week going a full 24 hours with not, drink, uh, with not eating anything. It kind of gets painful towards the last few hours because you get really, really hungry, but it does burn a lot of fat and um, it does uh, raise, give you a, a testosterone boost as well. It burns tons of fat. And in fact, this morning, uh, at the time that we're recording this, my episode with Ryan Muncy uh, went out from Natural Stacks, and that was one of the main things we were talking about was intermittent fasting and getting your body in a state of ketosis, getting your blood in a ketotonic state. Uh, you forget to eat lunch sometimes. You have way more energy. And just for me, just the brain fog just completely just 
you know, I wouldn't say gone. I mean, you always deal with stuff here and there, but I mean, it's just amazing how much more clear headed I am from fasting. It's, it's been awesome. Not a lot of fun, you know, sometimes when you're going through it, but the benefits far outweigh the, uh, the little bit of hunger that you feel sometimes, uh, when you're doing that. So, uh, talk to us about skin. That's something that guys especially don't think about a lot, just how your skin has improved. I've heard you in a couple of different talks that you've had say that, and also your sleep, which will then segue us into the blue light and blue blocking glasses. Yeah, well, skin, a lot of guys in particular don't really care about their skin um, and think that really it's a, you know, it's a thing for women. But and I, what I used to do is I used to put moisturizer on my face and think, yeah, I'm so clever, I'm so smart. And then Ben Greenfield was the one who pointed out to me that a lot of the moisturizers that you get on the market today, like all those fancy brands like Neutrogena and Gillette and all that kind of stuff, there's so many parabens and chemicals in those things that, that you're just basically rubbing bad stuff into your body and into your bloodstream. Sure. And Ben Greenfield actually said to me, he said, never put on your face w- what you wouldn't put in your mouth. And I went, wow, <laughs> right. that, really, that really struck home with me. So That's so hard though. There's so much stuff out there. It's almost like you can't avoid it. I mean, I, even if you try, there's still things that you're going to put either on your skin or on your hair, your head, whatever that you know you wouldn't put in your mouth. So, Well, well Ben was actually the one who told me to put extra virgin olive oil on your face. And so I did that one day. The first time I did it, actually, I was in San Francisco. It was July... 2013, I was with my friend Manish Sethi, who uh, who owns the company Pavlok, which I'm an investor in. And uh, we were going to a party that night in San Fran, and I went into the bathroom and I started, decided to experiment with putting olive oil on my face, like Ben Greenford had told me. And uh, <laughs> I put too much on, and so we were in the Uber going to the uh, to the party, and and Manish looked over at me and he goes, "What the hell is that on your face? You look like a <laughs> like a condom." Apparently, I had like. My face was like just completely like nice. lathered in oil. It wasn't a good look. Um, and so yeah. I actually realized that you could put too much on. So when I experimented later, I had just put a little dab on. And after that, you know, I haven't, I don't use the, the mainstream moisturizers anymore. I just put on extra virgin olive oil or I use a little bit of coconut oil. And that I found, find is a really great natural moisturizer for, uh, for your skin. Okay, I'm going to ask here a little off topic. Well, not off topic, but a little off the off the beaten path here. First, before I forget, answer that question for me. If uh, if someone says, "Okay, I'm totally with James. I w- I'm going to start putting that on my face instead." How much should we be putting on our face, and when do we apply it? When do you apply it? Well, just in, I mean, look, you can put on as much or as little as you want. I don't think you can put on too much. It's just you just your face is going to look all slippery and shiny. So, right? How much? How much each day are you putting on for the for the right amount? That oh, you I'm find? sorry, I'm just putting it on once a day. So, like, I'll go to the gym, I'll work out, I'll come back, I'll shower, I'll have some food, and then I'll go in and I'll put some moisturizer on. And if I know I'm not going out for at least half an hour, I'll put on quite a lot to to have it soak mm-hmm. in. So by the time so it goes I'm, away pretty quick. Yeah. So by the time I'm like out and about like half an hour, an hour later, all remnants of it have gone. But I certainly won't put it on like when I know I'm just about to see someone because it does leave you with a little bit of a shine. Um, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is it like a like a quarter size in your hand, or is it a, a palm full of just I'm, enough? To, just, so just enough to cover you, you, the areas that you want to you want to moisturize. So. Uh, maybe a teaspoon, maybe a tablespoon. Just rub it on your hands okay, and so then rub it all over your face is enough. And, you know, it's amazing. And, and like sometimes you can do it. If you sleep on your back uh, at night and you don't put your face on your pillow, at least for the first hour that you go to sleep, you can put the the olive oil on your face just before you get on into bed. And you, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, yeah, my face feels so nice and refreshed because that oil has been soaking in 
in the skin throughout the night. That's great. I had not tried, uh, I don't know if you know my good friend Andy Nilo or not. Who's yeah, also I know Andy. I've had him on the James yeah. Wanick Show podcast. Oh, good, good. Yeah, he's, man, great guy. And uh, his Alatura Naturals company has just made me such a believer. And so uh, in the latest box, the latest quarterly biohacking box was your glasses right after I bought them at Bulletproof. So I, I buy your glasses at Bulletproof. I come home and there's your glasses in the quarterly box. I'm like, oh, now I've got two. And that's just <laughs> so one of my kids take them and do whatever with them and eventually break them. I'm sure uh, I'll at least have another pair there. So that was awesome. But uh, also was his night cream. I've been using his clay mask for a while. I mean, just a, a dude using a clay mask, that is just not something that I ever thought I would be promoting or talking about. And it's just so amazing yeah, what it does good. to and your stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and so the night cream has made me a, a huge, you know, winner. Uh, it's been a big winner for me and maybe a huge believer for going to bed at night. But yeah, leave your skin real oily and shiny. You've got to wait a little while, but I'll start using the, uh, the olive oil uh, during the day. And then the second question that I had was, you may, you may not know the answer to this, but Ben Greenfield has talked on a couple of different podcasts. I didn't get a chance to ask him. We were talking about other things, but he talks about using coconut oil in his mouth each morning. He'll swish it around for like a minute in his mouth and talks about the benefits of that. I just mm. heard you mention coconut oil on your face and stuff like that. What type are you using and what is your preferred brand of coconut oil for things like that? Yeah, I mean, I just use any coconut oil. I'm not sure what the brand is, to be honest. I've got a couple jars in. I mean, I'm happy to go to my kitchen if you want and pull them out and show you what they are. But I mean, I, I just find any coconut oil is more more than sufficient. And he is right. You can do that, you know, put the coconut oil and swig it around in your mouth in the morning. It has tremendous health benefits. But I'll use coconut oil for a lot of my, and I'll sort of like pour it on at the end if I have a salad, for example. Sometimes you can mm -hmm. use the brain octane oil from Dave Asprey as well, which is good. I think any combination of those two things is, is going to be super helpful. And yeah, so I mean, I don't really concentrate that much on the brand of coconut oil. I just grab whatever looks looks okay. And yeah, I just didn't know if you had a preferred brand and since you had mentioned it. And the last point here, alcohol and sleep. And then let's segue into the blue lights here, if that's good with you. Um, how alcohol affects sleep, even after just one or two drinks. I've heard you talk about before. I'd love to share that with my listeners. Yeah, well, look, I mean, a lot of guys will, will drink alcohol late at night. You know, unfortunately, if you're doing that three hours before you're due to sleep, then your sleep is going to be affected during the night because you're going to spend less time in that deep REM sleep. And the deep REM sleep is the restorative sleep. It's the sleep that refreshes your brain, that puts your hormones in check, that allows you to burn fat, that allows your muscles to grow during the night with rest and recuperation. So if you're drinking alcohol in the last three hours before you go to sleep, that means your body's having to work to, to break down the alcohol, and it means that you're not going into that deep restorative sleep. So best thing you can do if you are going to drink is don't do it three hours before, before bedtime. The other thing is, is that they did this study in the UK that showed that people who drink and then sleep woke up with about 47% more wrinkles or noticeable wrinkles on their face. So if you don't want to get good looking or you want to stay, you know, not as attractive as you could look, <laughs> then sure, go and knock back a few beers before you go to sleep or have a glass of wine to get, make you sleepy before you go to bed. That's fine. But just know that when you wake up and you just feel a little bit irritable, and you got a, just a little bit of bags under your eyes, and those those crow's feet are starting to get just a little bit more prominent, and those wrinkles are starting to just pop out a little bit more. Just you know, just say to yourself, was the drink that I had last night, or the drinks I had last night, was it really worth it? Because there's a cost to it, right? There's an opportunity cost. There's not yeah, only absolutely. the cost of you buying, paying for the alcohol, but there's, there's the the cost of you not sleeping well, which makes you look you know, tired and weathered, which makes you feel irritable, which 
makes you feel unhappy, which makes you not be as productive as you can be, which makes you have poor relationships, which makes you more unhappy. And that just keeps going. It's just like this continuous <laughs> cycle. Oh yeah, definitely a compound effect for sure. So, uh, and there, it's amazing. There's people out there that would say, even after hearing all that, they would say, yeah, I'm not going to give it up. You know, it's too important and maybe not even feel like they're addicted to it or that they've got an, a habit with it, but just can't, well, can't listen, drop it. You don't have to give it up. You just like, you don't have to. I'm not saying that alcohol is the devil. I'm not saying that you should stop drinking sure. forever. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying maybe give it up for 30 days so you can get a glimpse of what it feels like when you go alcohol free. And then after 30 days, go back to drinking if you want. It's fine. But most people who take my 30 day no alcohol challenge program, they will, they'll quit for 30 days and then they'll go back to drinking, but they'll do it in such a limited way compared to what their drinking lifestyle from when they, when they started the challenge. So instead of them like relying on alcohol to get them through a day or relying on it to get to, you know, as a social lubricant, now they're just drinking on, on rare occasions or, you know, some people stay quit. Other people, you know, cut their drinking consumption in half. Other people, you know, and cut back just a little bit, but only good things can come if you reduce your alcohol intake. So you don't need to quit. You don't need to quit forever, but I would encourage you to quit for 30 days just to see what it's like. And then you can make a decision after that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had someone tell me that earlier in life. I was probably, gosh, 22, 23 years old, right out of college. And somebody that was probably 10, 15 years older than I was said, yeah, I haven't drank, haven't drank a drop in years. And you know, there's just really no good that can come from it. I'm like, ah, whatever, man, there's a ton of good, you know, fun, entertainment, you know, whatever. And the older that I get, I totally understand what he's talking about. And what you're saying here is just, there's just not, there's just not benefit. I mean, there's, people would say there's social benefit, if nothing else. Well, you can find a lot of other things that you can do socially that won't make you feel like crap all the time and look really old and aged and, and all of that. So in the uh, sleep conversation here, we'll segue into these blue lights, these darn blue lights that everybody talks about that uh, probably my uh, business partner, uh, probably whenever I moved to Dallas six years ago, first mentioned the word blue lights. And I've told many people before, he tries to act like he's not a, you know, he tries to make fun of some of the biohacking people out there. And, you know, some of the things that we're doing, I'm like, well, most of the stuff I've learned or got introduced to is all through you. So you can't really say anything about what people are doing. But he mentioned blue light and how blue lights on the screens are are killing us and how, you know, and that was six years ago before a lot of people in in my world, maybe not in yours, but in my world really even heard anything about it. And so now, you know, my claim on all of that is that during the day, I don't have a screen in front of my face that doesn't have a filter on it. Apple has now recognized that people's health is a priority. So they put night vision on their phones. I keep mine in night vision 24 hours a day on all my tablets, on all my phones. And then I've got a Windows-based Microsoft Surface here that I use uh, Flux or F.Lux on that I know you've heard about before. And basically, I just set it to where it's on all day long. And James, it's, I don't have to tell you this, but it is amazing to me. And I've got one other guy here in my office that would tell you this now as well. When you have it on all the time, it takes a day or two to get used to. But now when I take it off to do any work with color or, you know, posting a picture or something to Instagram and I need to use a filter, you know, or something like that, I can't look at it for over a couple of minutes. And I start, my eyes start hurting just looking at all the blue color that's coming through. Why is it that more people aren't in tune to this and aren't aware of this? And how is it really affecting our eyes before we go into your remedy of of making the glasses well there's too much light at night i mean during the daytime it's okay because in actual fact our bodies want to know that it's daytime so being exposed to the sun for example the sun is the biggest emitter of blue light there is Um, that's okay but at nighttime when our body's supposed to be in darkness when we're supposed to be naturally creating melatonin that makes us sleepy and makes us fall asleep 
this blue light that's staring at you from your cell phone and your computer screen and your, and your bathroom light and your kitchen light, it's preventing your body from naturally creating melatonin, which is preventing you from getting the best night's sleep that you possibly can. And when, of course, when you don't get a great night's sleep, you get more wrinkles, you feel irritable, you're less productive, you feel right. like a zombie and everything starts to spin out of control. So obviously you mentioned a few things there, flux, put that on your computer, a night shift on your iPhone. Um, the, single-handedly, the best thing you can do to block blue light is to sit in the dark. <laughs> That's it, really. Like, <laughs> it's to literally, right. as soon as the sun goes down, don't go outside, sit in your room with the, with the lights off, maybe light a candle, and that's it, right? That's the best thing to do. But right. let's face it, we're not going to do that, right? We live in 2016 sure. as we're recording this. No one's going to do that. So what is the next best thing? Well, the next best thing is uh, download Flux, put Night Shift on your iPhone, and wear a, pl- a pair of blue light blocking glasses. Now, I've created a pair called Swannies uh, from my company, my sleep company, Swanix Sleep. I used to wear uh, those big, ugly, orange safety goggles. Um, oh, yeah, me too. But the problem was is that they were so unsightly that I didn't want to wear them that often because I was embarrassed to wear them in front of the company of friends. And, you know, I live here in Los Angeles, and, uh, you know, a couple friends uh, a couple years ago invited me out to a restaurant called Laurel Hardware on Santa Monica Boulevard. And I wanted to go, but I didn't go because I was wearing these goggles and I, and I wanted to sleep well. <laughs> and that was when the idea hit me. It's like, you know what, if I can come up with a stylish pair of glasses that people would want to wear at night, man, that would really help a lot of people with their sleep. And so that was really how the Swannies were born. They're kind of like cool. They kind of look like Ray-Bans, but they're more like night glasses, more like reading glasses, but with the orange lens in it. And so when you wear them out and about, people go, oh, they're interesting. Tell me about those. Or, oh, they're really cool. Tell me about those. As opposed to, like, why are you wearing a pair of safety goggles and you're out in, on the town? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think my first pair of safety goggles, uh, my listeners have heard me say before, I bought on Amazon. Uh, they were like, I don't know, they were like eight bucks. And I look like uh, my kids, you know, I look like Bono uh, <laughs> sitting around at the house. My kids laughed at them like, what are those? You know, they're real little right now, but they still thought they were funny. And I thought, ah, who cares, man? It's for my health, you know, whatever. And whenever I saw yours come out, I was like, man, that, you know, should should I spend the extra money or should I not? Because obviously you've made a great product. They're not cheap. And so, but what's the price of your health, right? And what's the price of your sleep is what I've learned. And so I was like, nah, I'll just keep my, I'll just keep my other glasses. You know, I'm, I'm fine. And uh, once I tried them on the Bulletproof conference and saw just how, number one, how light and comfortable they are. And just number two, just how much I, how much more I knew I would want to wear them out in certain situations or even just at home. I mean, just with your own family, you feel silly sitting there with those giant welder's glasses on. Yeah. And, uh, man, you've got a great product. So uh, thanks so much for what you're doing for, for people there. How do those lenses, for those who don't know or maybe hearing this for the first time, how are they actually blocking blue light? What technology are you using there on the lenses to help with that? Yeah, well, the color orange is the exact, exact opposite color of blue. So an orange lens will, will always block that blue light. Of course, some lenses are better than others. So we've made sure that our lenses blocks the, uh, the amount of blue light wavelength that, uh, that's directly responsible for messing with your melatonin levels. Um, we also put on an anti-glare, anti-reflecting glare on it. So um, it doesn't like, so it gives you greater clarity and greater vision when you wear them. And then, of course, you've got the stylish frame as well, which half the battle is just getting people to wear these, to wear, you know, blue light blocking glasses in general. But now that we've right. made them kind of stylish, now you can get up and wear them regularly. Like I always, I put mine on always 90 minutes, two hours before I go to sleep and I keep them on and don't take them off. Sometimes right. I'll even crawl in bed, even though I'm not supposed to, I'll crawl into bed and uh, I'll be still on my phone. I'll be looking at 
Facebook or something or catching up on my social media or doing one last Snapchat, and, but I'll make sure that I'm wearing my glasses. So even though that light is heading towards my eyes, because I'm wearing that orange lens, which has been tested and which, you know, which blocks out the blue light responsible for suppressing your melatonin, I'm able to feel comfortable that my sleep is not going to be hampered with. And then, of course, when it's time to go to sleep, I'll just put my phone down. If I've got a light on, I'll switch off the light. I'll take my glasses off and then I'll, I'll, I'll go to sleep. And what I find is that I fall asleep a lot quicker. Um, my sleep during the night is a lot deeper and I wake up feeling the way I'm supposed to wake up. It's not like I'm jumping out of bed going, yes, I feel so amazing because I had the best night's sleep. But I'm sure as hell not waking up going, oh, man, I don't want to get out of bed today. Oh, this is going to be tough. Oh, man, I just need another hour. Why can't I sleep another hour? So best way, sit in darkness. Next best way, wear a pair of Swannies blue light blocking glasses and use some of those other apps. Incidentally, Jared, there's another thing you should do. There's a great company, and I'm happy to, to speak highly of this company because I've just started testing their products. But you can actually put really... Um, low voltage voltage uh, light light bulbs throughout your house. And there's a company mm-hmm. that I may end up doing some business with called Lighting Science. Uh, and their website is Lighting Period Science. And you can get these gl- these light bulbs called Good Night uh, Good Night Lights. And um, they emit very low blue light or, or hardly any. So you can help yourself even more by just making sure that the light bulb in your house are not emitting um, a lot of blue light either. Uh, James, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, where can we steer traffic of our listeners over to you to learn more about your glasses, your 30-day no-alcohol challenge, your uh, 47 habits tracker, all of those good things that we talked about here? Where's the best place for people to find you? Well, if you're in the U.S. or Canada and you're on your cell phone right now, then you can send a text message um, to the number 44222 and just type in the word SWANIES. That's S-W-A-N-N-I-E-S. You just text that word to the number 44222 and I'll send you a text message back with a website there where you can check out the glasses. Um, For everyone else, if you go to swanwicksleep.com, that's S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K sleep.com. And if you want to find out about the 30-day no alcohol challenge, um, you can text the word no alcohol and send that to the number 44222. Just one word, no alcohol, and I'll send you back some details or you can go to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. And for everything else, my name's James Swanick on YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and my website, which is jameswanwick.com, J-A-M-E-S-S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K. Yeah, that's great, man. Thanks so much for spending time here today and uh, throwing some knowledge our way on habits and alcohol and blue light and all of those things. I was so excited to be able to get you on and uh, just keep doing what you're doing out there. We wish you the best and your business uh, success on into the future. And I know you're a pretty avid uh, health guy as well. I think a couple of weeks ago, you and your dad were out running a, uh, a marathon. I know you were running. I think it put him to sleep at the end, but uh, he, he seems like a great sport. How old is he? He's 72. Man, that's awesome. He was out there with you and just enjoying it. You know, it seemed like he was just enjoying the whole thing. Yeah, he really was. Thank you, Jared. And thank you very much for your support as well. I know you're a great guy and it was great to meet you in person. And you're doing a great thing with your podcast here. And and by the way, very good questions that you asked me as well. You're a good interviewer. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. I always like having great detail that I can send out to the listeners. So I appreciate your time here. And uh, again, wish you the best. Take care, James. Take care, Jared. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I certainly enjoyed having James on the show today and hope you guys took a ton of nuggets away on how we can lock in better habits each day, how we can gear our mindset 
to create better opportunities for the rest of our lives, and a ton of information on how to feel healthier and reach higher levels of peak performance each day. If you guys want to connect directly with me, you can shoot an email to my team at info at success101podcast.com. And though it is a huge task, my team and I are dedicated to filter through all of those emails to get a response back to you. So please send in your comments as they will be read, every single one of them. You can also catch me in the world of social media on Facebook and Instagram under the name at Success101Podcast or on Twitter at Warren Jared. I've enjoyed having you guys along for the ride so far here in 2017, and it is only going to get better from here. So keep tuning in. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then.